Hello and welcome to another of my comedian's interviews for my blog, A Rich Comic Life. My name is Richard Gill and my blog describes my experiences of watching over 750 stand-up comedians and counting over the past 45 years. I'm delighted to welcome my guest today, the wonderful Mr. Jack Barry. Yes! Hello, mate! Hello! What an entrance! There How are you? Go. I'm great, thanks. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Thanks it's, so much for inviting me here. Thank you. It's so good to see you. I've, I've, yeah. I've been a fan for years. You know that. Um, I, do, I hope so, yeah. Oh, definitely, mate, yeah. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we're going to talk about your comedy career. It's all about you, this interview. So nice. um, That's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to kick off with the first question. How did you become a comedian? Um, well, I, I sort of got I got I got into comedy when I was a kid, I guess, like most people. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up watching it. My my granddad always used to sit me down and and sort of make me watch comedy. And then really? I sort of I didn't know how to become a comedian, and I just sort of, sort of asked my parents. I was like, "How do you, how do you become a comedian?" <laughs> and uh, they said, "Oh, I think most comedians are in the Cambridge Footlights." Right, which is, which is true. They weren't far. My, they know nothing about my parents are like. My dad's an accountant and my mum's a psychologist. Brilliant, so had, brilliant. <laughs> no idea. But they said, yeah, I think, uh, I think most of them end up in the, in the footlights. So I, um, I applied to go to Cambridge and I was too stupid to get in, unfortunately. Surely not. Yeah, yeah. I find I that hard to believe. I had an interview and everything, and uh, and and I, I yeah I think I maybe even said in the interview that my main reason for going to Cambridge was to join the footlights. <laughs> and, uh, it didn't take too kindly to that. So oh, when I didn't when I didn't get in, I uh, I went to Leeds and I right. joined the Tea Lights, which yes. is the, the Leeds equivalent. And um, it just started up a couple of years. So uh, in my third year at Leeds, I I auditioned to be in the Tea Lights. And then I, I started doing comedy from there, basically. Like, started off doing sketch comedy, and then I did a bit of stand-up when I was at uni. And then when I finished university, I, I, uh, I started doing stand-up on the, on the circuit regularly. But it was nice sort of having... I think it's nice getting into it as a student, because you kind of... You have a bit of a safety net. Your yeah, first yeah, few, yeah. first few Edinburgh Fringes, you sort of get used to performing, but you're not there on, by yourself yet. You get reviews, but they're not... They're reviewing the group. They're not reviewing you. And um, and so yeah. it was like it was like a safe way to ease myself into comedy, basically. Did um, you, when you first started, did you go to uh, pubs and do five minute slots, things like that? Take a friend yeah. along, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When I started doing stand up, like yeah. my first stand up gig, I actually did. It was when I was at Leeds. Um, there was a student stand up competition. That was the first time I ever did stand up. Right. It was, it was called Tickled Pig. And it used, to, and um, and it was run. It, I, I think it started in Leeds, and then it used to. They used to do it at a few different universities in the north of England, and um, that was my first ever stand-up gig. And Le Leeds wow. is a bit of a heavy university, so I actually I hadn't been to bed the night before. <laughs> like, seemed like a good preparation. It was my late <laughs> birthday. We went out to like a rave and stayed up all of the next day. And then I went and did this gig in the evening. I've never been so nervous in my whole life. Wow. I was on a calm down anyway. And I drank four pints to sort of settle my nerves and then got on stage. And somehow I won 
the heat of the competition. Congratulations. And yeah, and then um yeah, and then that was it from there really. Wow. And then, yeah, I, and then, I know I know Leeds quite well. My my cousins lived in Leeds for years in oh, really? uh, in uh, Menston. And, yeah, uh, yeah, and 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 so I, I, what I love about Leeds is all the little villages around it because you, you must have had a lot of um, character improvisation for your sketches for all the different characters in the different yeah, villages. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. And I did some weird like extra bits of performing because I didn't do like a performance degree at all. I, I studied Chinese, so it was nothing. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> all the other people in the team, I like, did like drama or something, but yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> that's really, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I wanted more stuff, so we actually did like I was in one of those, you know, those like cringy um, theatre groups that go around to schools and they used to come and perform to you at the school and like you do a play <laughs> about like don't do drugs. And so we used to do, and I was in one of those groups, and we used to go around the villages. We used to go to like Halifax and oh, Bradford yeah, yeah, yeah. and like, you know, Skipton and like yeah, the sort yeah, of towns yeah, and villages yeah. around Leeds and do plays about why you should consider going to university and like options for further education. And uh, it was pretty dreadful. We had to be, wow. I got paid, but we had to like, there was one number where we had to do like, um, it was like, it was to grease lightning and it was us uh, talking about our A-levels and what we were thinking about doing after our A-levels. <laughs> and uh, oh, it was, yeah, it was fairly dreadful. But wow. yeah, Leeds, Leeds is great. And I did a couple of gigs in Leeds, but I didn't really get into stand-up until until after I after I finished at university. So you were doing, was it, was it a degree in Chinese? Yeah, yeah, Chinese right. international relations. Right, so I, right. I went and I studied in Shanghai for a year, my, right. my degree was four years, and then, um, yeah, yeah, and I've so wasted what, what, it ever since, basically. <laughs> what sort of year are we talking about for your first gig then? What year, what year was it? Yeah. It was the end of 2009 when I did wow. my first stand-up gig. Yeah, it was like November, I think. Wow. And um, yeah, that was my first one. And then yeah, did like did my first fringe in 2010 with the tea lights. Yeah, yeah. You stand and then I graduated in 2011, and that wow. was when I really started sort of hitting the stand up circuit, sort of late 2011. Right. Um, that was when I when I got into it. When I tried to do it anyway, but it, yeah, it, it sort of obviously. It was a good few years of me being fairly terrible at comedy. <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine that. What I, what I, what I like about your style of comedy is, is whenever you go onto a stage, and I've seen you many times, you come across as fearless. You're very, very confident with a crowd, and well, that's uh, that nice. is all down to experience. I can imagine. It, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. I think I think the thing with most I, I don't know about how most stand ups feel, but I I always felt like I used to find it absolutely terrifying, and people always said that I seemed calm even when I was. And I was like, yeah. I don't. <laughs> That's I, what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I've never been like. Yeah, I genuinely when I first started doing stand up, every time I had a gig, I would sit on the tube on the way there and pray that the building burned down. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I, just, brilliant. I don't want to have to do this gig. I don't want anyone to get hurt. Just please let something happen so that I don't have to do this. And um, 
And then afterwards, I'd always feel great. And so I was like, oh, and it, and basically, I think it gets to the point where you've done it enough times and you know you've got enough jokes that work yeah. that you don't have to be scared anymore. I always, that's that's the reason why I write this blog. I mean, uh, I, I always say to folk, I'm not a reviewer, I'm not a critique, I'm not a diarist, I'm a member of the audience and I go and I have a wonderful time. Yeah. And the blog's more of an enthuse for all you fearless heroes that get out there and do it, it must be absolutely terrifying. You've got yeah. like one minute to be original, be funny, be endearing, and you've yeah. got to get a crowd. You've got to get you've got to you've got to get yourself across enough that the crowd yeah. know who you are, yeah, and that they like you enough, yeah. That, and it's. It makes you very paranoid about people liking you. I think, <laughs> like you know, I mean, like you get on stage. I, I, for years, I wor I worry about everything. I wouldn't get my hair cut because right. I would be like, if my hair looks too nice, then they're all going to think I'm a, I'm a poser, <laughs> and, and they're all not going to like me. So I, used to, I looked crappy for years because I just didn't want to. I didn't want to look nice. I would wear crap clothes because I thought. If I, <laughs> I look too sharp and the audience might judge me as being up myself and um yeah you sort of worry about all of these like little tiny yeah, things yeah yeah um, well my my home city is carlisle and ah. uh, um but i i i've lived and worked in london for 25 years yeah and i went i went to college at stoke in the late 80s and when i was there um uh, Eddie the Eagle Edwards was uh, a, a big celebrity. Yeah, and when yeah, I first yeah. saw him, I was lumbered with that. I was thinking, I'm his absolute duffel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's so, you know, you're just going to live. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, you go. No, no, I was just going to say, I was just going to move on. When, when you're on stage, what do you like to talk about? Um... I like, well, I don't know. I always like to think that I talk about some kind of um, important political issues. Or, or, I don't know, like, I've, I've always had this idea, you know, you, people have this idea of, like, you know, being like George Carlin or someone. And yeah, sort yeah. Of <laughs> the power. And Nothing like, wrong and, with that. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's, yeah, and, and I think that's always the dream. But then actually I find the stuff that always gets last is, is me talking about farting on the bus or, or something <laughs> stupid like that. And, uh, and so whenever I go to Edinburgh, I always have these lofty expectations of like, yeah, I'm going to write a show that finally solves racism or, yeah, yeah. or something like that. And then... Um, and then I, I end up just sort of talking about my own experiences, and I, and I think that's that's all you really can talk about, isn't it? So you, I, th I think I think if you write about the things that you know, it it must be easier to do. It's easier to do, yeah. yeah. I um I had like an Edinburgh show a few years ago where the whole show was about legalizing drugs because I was you know I I. I I really admired the comedians who would do great shows about racism or sexism or, and and obviously as a as a white man I felt like I didn't really I, I couldn't really comment on them but then I, I was like well I'm a drug user and so I can write about that. talk and, about that yeah and so I, I wrote this whole show sort of skewering the war on drugs and uh, and no one came to see it, it was, oh no oh I mean, mate. I think it was genuinely my best show I've written, but I think the, the the audiences of Edinburgh weren't ready for it. Right, and um, and it was, uh, and so since then I, it, it, I I'm still trying to find, you know, the golden 
thing to talk about on stage but i think what i most like to talk about is my own experiences and yeah yeah and uh sort of stupid things that have happened to me and and uh i you know musings that i've had and maybe try and be a bit more subtle about yeah, yeah well. <laughs> like, on the world and on politics and things like that um i did one preview for that show and one woman in the audience said she felt like she was being lectured <laughs> so, oh no oh my so. gosh no. um, so, I, yeah, i'm still figuring it out oh i've i i went to a, a a gig in edinburgh once i've told this story before and i was there with a reviewer friend of mine and there was myself and him and a drunken scotsman in the in the crowd it was a yeah. little tiny room yeah and, and and the comedian ran out and went hello everybody and realized there was only three people in the crowd and he went oh come on he said thank you so much for coming along i'll buy you all a drink and thank you and the bloke in the front row went no i want my six pound you've got to do it and he did the hour <laughs> i mean yeah and i thought to myself the show has got to go on, and the show has got to go on. <laughs> i think every comedian has a story like yeah. that i've had several like that where i've come out and been like should we go for a pint or should we do the show? And sometimes like, let's do the show. I had one. Oh, mate, I, 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 I have every, um, I'm behind you all the way with it all. I think, I think it's wonderful what you do. Um, I mean, everyone, yeah, there was one, I did one Edinburgh show. It was before I did an hour. It was, it was 2000 and, uh, 2012, it must have been. And I did. A, I was splitting an hour with a friend of mine. You right. know, it's where, the way people work up to their first hour is when I was doing like a split hour on the on the free fringe. Yeah, we were doing it in this bizarre venue that doesn't exist anymore, and it was impossible to find. It was called <laughs> it was called uh, Buffs Club. It was on the, it was on the right. free fringe. <laughs> it was on the free fringe, and it was the Buffs Club was short for the Royal Antediluvian Order of the Buffaloes, which of was course. Some, yeah, <laughs> kind of like Masonic Lodge. I couldn't really figure out what it was. But Is like, this in Edinburgh? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But then, like, it was down this alleyway, and all of, all of you know, they we got told in advance that this place was called Buffs Club. So on all of our flyers and our leaflets, it said Buffs Club. And then when you got there, the sign outside said R A O B. It didn't say Buffs Club anywhere, so no one could find it. And there was one day where I had to do the show and we came out on stage and the only people in the audience were two friends of my parents who I hadn't seen since I was a child. Oh, and they somehow found the show and had come to see it. Wow. And they, and they asked me to still do it, even even though they were, the, they were the only people there. So we did this whole show for my parents. Oh, similar friends. thing, mate. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, to date, what has been your best and worst gig yeah, I always, I, I never know what to say to these. I think um, there are a lot of best gigs. There are so many good gigs. I think, um, I mean, obviously we met at, at ABC in Kennington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fam famously the best gig in London. Um, anytime I've done that, I've loved it. Yeah, um, it is a perfect room to play. It really is. There are just some gigs that you, you sort of think that the biggest gig you've done might have been the best, but actually it's that perfect room and the perfect people in the room at that time. Well, you're very kind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, ones like that are always good. I've done a lot of shows for Berks Nest, who are, who yeah. are a production company, who are great, and they're always the most fun gigs. Um, but the biggest gig, I guess, the most exciting gig I did was um, 
I did a show supporting Russell Howard at, wow. at the Comedy Central Festival in October. In, in, in October. It was in October. It was in Southampton. Wow. Years ago. And I think it was like three and a half thousand people in the audience at that wow. gig. Wow, that must have been terrifying. So, it was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> also, I was the only person on the bill who didn't have their own TV show. <laughs> it was like Russell Howard headlining. It was Rob Delaney, yeah. who was in Catastrophe, and it was Jamali Maddox, who has his own show on Vice. Yes, yeah, and yeah. then me. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Every other guy <laughs> here has their own TV show. Um, and so it was pretty terrifying, but amazing fun to Brilliant. perform in front of that many people. So that, that that is a gig that will always stick in my mind. Brilliant. Um, yeah, and then in worst gigs, so many, so many worst gigs. I've had. You want I mean, to tell a story of one? Or? <laughs> the one with my parents' friends was pretty up there. Um, I had just one of my weirdest gigs was was it was my first ever paid gig actually. Right. It was um, it was for um, Finn Taylor. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he'd been asked, and he he because he started in Bristol. He had a few um, sort of contacts for gigs around the sort of Bristol Somerset area, and so he asked me to do this gig, and it was the first time I'd ever been paid to do comedy. And it was in a village outside Bristol, I can't remember the name, it was called something like Wootton Under Edge. Right. It was in this like old, it was in an old cinema that had been converted into somebody's house, right. but they were still running like, cult, like cultural events in their house. And it was like, it was in the back of this person's house. There were, there were a couple of people from the village who were just on who'd never done any sort of performing or comedy before. And the whole thing was uh, compared by this guy from the local amateur amateur, amateur dramatic society oh who did the whole thing in in character. He was this character <laughs> called Harry the Spiv. And he, <laughs> every second he'd come out and he'd go, I'm Harry the Spiv. And he'd do these poems that <laughs> went on for ages that no, like, no one really understood what the poems were. And, and he I was wish I'd getting, been there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was such a, he was even getting heckled by his own wow. lighting man. There was one point where he did one poem which went on for so long that the, 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 light, the sound man was like, that's enough, Harry. Uh, welcome on, Jack Barry. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit like it's a bit like Morecambe and Wise, not now yeah. Arthur. <laughs> it was like Morecambe and Wise meets. It was like Dad's Army. Yeah. It, felt like, it felt like we were sort of in, you know, in in oh, some like distance arts arts night. Yeah. And I yeah, just performed comedy to the coldest room of all time. Oh, mate. But again, and, all experience, all experience. experience. But it was all like because it was my first paid gig. It also I really felt like I was cheating these people out. <laughs> I really was like, I'm the professional here now, yeah. like, and I'm not. I don't feel like I'm giving these people their money's worth. Oh, mate! Um, when, but I mean, the the, the Russell Howard uh, support—that's fantastic. I I first saw Russell Howard at Edinburgh, and it was the year he was breaking through. I, you know, I think it was 2005, yeah. first year I went up. And I've been going to Edinburgh every year. I'm gonna I'm gonna come on to this in a moment, but um, uh, I had a, a new mobile phone, and when he bounced, when he 
you know, like he bounds onto the stage. I, yeah. My mobile phone went off and I couldn't switch it off. And ah! he took the piss out of me for the rest of the hour. <laughs> I mean, how could he not? To be fair. How and, could he? And of course, with my laugh, I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're really drawing more of it. Yeah, on yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you were when you were talking about ABC, I'm very privileged to go to be able to go there. But when I I've been going there for about five years, and when I first went there, I used to sit midway back. Um, yeah. Because because I always thought my laugh would carry, and yeah. then and then of course he said, "Come." I was invited to the front row, and of course the rest is history. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. We once saw Tom O'Connor of all people in the seventies on holidays. Great comedian, funny man, and this was the first first time I I I had I realised I could laugh loudly. I laughed so loud at his jokes. He was actually flawed, and he, he had to leave the stage because I was laughing too hard. Ah, that's great. <laughs> so I mean, it, you know, <laughs> it's the dream. Here I am. Comedian, <laughs> to have someone like that in the audience. That's yeah, very kind of you. <laughs> um, you mentioned before about nerves. Do you get nervous before you go on stage? Not so much anymore. No. Like I said, I'm used to. I mean, to the point that I would like. Um, yeah, be, be 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 praying for the building to to burn down. <laughs> I love that. I, <laughs> I, I, I get real weird rushes of adrenaline. I used to like yeah. um, I used to like hiccup quite a lot before I went on stage, right. uh, which apparently is like sometimes when you have too much adrenaline, you're, you know, yeah. you yawn a lot. I yawn a lot, and um, and these days I don't get too nervous unless it's like for something huge. So for yeah. that Russell Howard one, I got incredibly nervous. Right. And, That's understandable. Um, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes I think it's sometimes I get a bit nervous if it's like a new material gig. You yeah. Know, like a joke that you've no idea if this is gonna if this is gonna go or not. Um, but I what a drug when it goes. I mean that that's the thing. Yeah. Like, well, once you like when you first it, really like the rush that you get from doing comedy, I find is from the new material. That's like you get to the point that. If you've done a joke a hundred times and you know it works, getting up and doing it on stage doesn't give you the same buzz that it did. It's you know, it's like chasing the dragon, heroin or something. <laughs> um, and then, and then to get that new buzz, you you have to do a new joke, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then it's like once that new stuff starts going well as well, that's you, you, you're right back up there again. It's so good to hear this. It really is. Um, how do you remember all your routines? Um, do you write it down on your hand? Do you have a notebook? Do you record them? Yeah, I mean, I record, like, when I'm writing a new show, I'll go on with a notebook and I'll have it sort of written down as, like, a, a usually just, like, a one-word, like, um, prompter. Like, right. don't forget to say this, just to sort of drive me along. And then um, I, I never really written stuff on my hand because I didn't like the way it looked when when comedians would do that. So I, I don't, I don't like that when they keep. Looking. No, I yeah. I tried to sort of wean myself. I, I did it yeah. like for the first couple of gigs I did, but then yeah. I tried to stop myself doing it. Um, and then yeah, I always record stuff and I always listen to it back. And then um, I hope you can hear it with my laugh if I'm in the audience. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, that's always great. I still keep, like, some good previews. I still keep the recording because there was a particularly good audience that day. And I'm like, um, there was one, I did a preview last, like, just before the last Fringe, I did a, a preview on the Cutty Sark in, right. in Greenwich. 
and uh, it wasn't a guy with a good laugh, but there was a guy in the front row who was a real dick. <laughs> and uh, and I really put him down really well, and the audience all were like applauding. And I was like, <laughs> that, that's a good one to listen to when I'm feeling down. That's um, brilliant. But yeah, the hardest thing to remember is an Edinburgh show because it's like an hour it's of an hour long. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I have in the last couple of years started um, literally like rehearsing it like it's a play and right. just like pacing up and down in my bedroom yeah, and just writing yeah. it until. Because that's the problem with comedy. It's like it's not funny if you're if you're stretching to remember your lines, even if it's a funny joke. It doesn't feel. Is it? It's hard. It's for not natural enough, is it? Yeah. It, no, and it, and I mean it. It's, it amazes me still, like the number of people who don't realise that comedians write their jokes. Or <laughs> I still meet people who are like, "Oh, I thought you just went on stage and yeah, said, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like you just." naturally all that which is very nice that people can think that about you but i've done gigs where people come up to me afterwards and they're like oh, i heard you tell that joke before yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i've, got, I've like, got a friend who always criticizes i've heard this before i said well they're doing it again it's the way yeah, they deliver it no it's like you know, the rolling stones and then yeah, like yeah. Kick off and they play brown sugar do you <laughs> That's the that's they worked hard yeah. on creating that. <laughs> it's thing. a great that's song. It's a great routine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, yeah. So it does surprise me. But yeah, so so, you know, to make it funny, you you have to know it so well that you can like play around with it and act yeah. like it is coming off the top of your head, even if it's not coming off the top of your head. And it so, is, it is amazing how how you remember it all. You think of comedians like Frankie Howard who every U and every R was scripted or yeah. Bob Monkhouse with his joke books or Ken Dodd with his just his memory of where he was and everything it's fantastic yeah. how they just I mean they're all just gag writers but story wise you know I, I wondered if you have I wonder if you had specific points that you that you can remember as you go along and then it, it triggers off another yeah thing. I usually do yeah. it's it's like in my head I sort of like picture everything it's like sort of colorful shapes that yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and so I'll think of like a routine or a bit as being like a certain blob and I know that that blob follows that blob. Yeah, and so yeah. I'm, sort of, I'm sort of going from sort of island to island and yeah. I know where the bits are and I sort of, and I know how they follow on. But sometimes, you know, you sometimes you go on deviations and you get talking to someone in the audience or something makes you, and sometimes you do improvise stuff. Yeah, yeah. And like, but then and you're, you're, and you're laugh. very good at that. You're very good at that with an audience. I try to do that because I do enjoy doing that. Yeah. And I think that, that that does keep it fresh and it's, and it's just fun. For the audience, I think if they, yeah, if, if you, they can tell that you're you're doing something that's just for them. Spontaneity, I think, is the word. Isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. But then I, then I, I know I've got like the blobs in my head that I can sort. Yeah, of yeah, you can always come, come back, back to. Onto. Yeah. Yeah, Fascinating. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Edinburgh properly, the Edinburgh Fringe. Um, yeah. I first went to Edinburgh in two thousand and five, and I've yeah. been extremely lucky to have been gone ever since. It's yeah. my, I go there for a week and I see about 50 shows and I need a holiday when the time I come back. But, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. absolutely love the atmosphere and just the wonderful thing about it. Tell me about your very first Edinburgh Festival. What year was it? What did you do? Um, but the first time I, the first time I went was like 2006, I think. 
Wow, mine was 2005. So 2000, the, the <laughs> actually, it might have been 2007. That was safe. Right, yeah. No, it was 2006. Anyway. Yeah. I, um, uh, yeah, and I just went as a punter. And, um, and, I, and it, like I said, I, it was at that time and I knew that I wanted to go to university and try and start doing yeah, comedy. Yeah. And I hadn't got into Cambridge, but I had got into Leeds. And so I went up and I went to just see like, like a few shows. And I just went and like you say, I was completely bewitched by... It is amazing atmosphere, isn't it? When yeah, you step just, off the train. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just the magic of it and like the... the um, in fact, it must have been earlier than that. I went one year if it was for my mum's birthday. Right. I can't even when it was. We were up in Scotland and she'd always wanted to go... And so we went, and yeah, cool and mother. yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they, they go every year, my parents, um, <laughs> and and have done yeah since before I went. And so yeah, I went up one year, just watched lots of shows. I can't even remember really what I saw, but then I went back another year, and so that that must have been two thousand and nine, I think I went, and a friend of mine was doing a show. A friend of mine was in the Durham Review. Right, he was in Durham and. And he went and I went and saw him. And then I was like, next year I'm coming back to perform. There's no way I'm not coming back next year. And so then I, I, I auditioned for the Tea Lights and got in that year. So you, so you um, went up as a member of the Tea Lights sketch group, yeah? Yeah, so that was 2010. That was the first year I went. And right. so um, I did that for two years, 2010 and 2011. Yeah. And then, and then I went every year since then, basically. I did 10 years in a row of going in some capacity or wow. other. Um, yeah, and it was a lot more fun. I mean, it was it was a lot more fun, I have to say. When I was a punter, I loved it. And then when I was a student, I loved it. Because there's no pressure when you're a student. You just go, you got boundless energy as well. We'd go out and get pissed every night and then we'd be on the Royal Mile. <laughs> I still do. I don't know how I do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I still do it more than I should, but it's just yeah. like for a it's month, just you, brilliant. Yeah. you can't maintain it for a month anymore. <laughs> like, I just, with the best will in the world. But, um, but then it got a bit more stressful. Like, I did a few years, so there was a couple of years as a student, then I did a few years just on the free fringe when no one knew who I was. And that's just stressful because you're grafting and you're learning. And and then I did a couple of years where I was in um, like showcase shows right. for like up and coming stand-ups. So I did the comedy reserve at the Pleasance one year, which is a way that a lot of people get into. Yes, um, yeah. That's yeah. with two others, isn't it? You do 20 minutes each. Yeah, no, it's four of you actually. Oh, you four is it, right. Yeah, yeah, so it's four. So you audition... And it's part of this charity called the Charlie, Charlie Hart Hill um, Trust yeah, that, yeah, that, that yeah. the Pleasant run every year. And that's amazing. And, and lots of incredible people have done it before me, like um, Jack Whitehall did it and um, Daniel Rigby and wow. Lou Sanders, Joe Lysett did yeah. it. And now loads of people on TV have done it as well. Um, so that was great. So I did that in 2013. And then the year after, I did the Comedy Zone, which oh, doesn't exist anymore. But that used to be a thing that that launched even bigger names in comedy. That yeah. was like had been running since the nineties and launched people like Russell Howard and and, and Stuart Lee and even like uh, um, 
you know, Frank Skinner, I yeah, think. Yeah, 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 yeah. New comedy zone. But it had been running for nearly 20, for more than 20 years, I wow. think. And then the year I did it was the last year they ever did it. Oh, <laughs> <nice. you. laughs> well, we at least you did it. it. <laughs> yeah, at least we did it. It, it. it had, I think, the numbers had been like waning the last yeah, few yeah. years. Well, and that's then, not your fault. <laughs> no, we really felt like we killed it dead uh, <laughs> the year we um, did it. Yeah. When I when I did a bit of research on you, I read that uh, the tea lights, which you remember of, yeah. got best student sketch group at the fringe. Yeah, that, that is was amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the year that I was in it. That was that um, is incredible. Yeah, the national student used to do like an award for the best the best show. Well we, done, you. That's yeah. fantastic. It was like the, I think it was the only award I've ever won. <laughs> and there was no I'm ceremony. Big enough. Like <laughs> yeah. We we felt pretty chuffed to have um, to have done it. I mean, yeah, it was a good. Yeah, that is fantastic, mate. And and leading on from that, um, I, I I wanted to ask you. You have touched on the writing process, but um, is writing for a sketch group different to us writing for a solo show? Um. Yeah. Definitely. 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 I mean, um, we, yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, you can sort of, in a way you can be more, you can talk about more things as a stand-up because you can just say anything and, yeah. and you can sort of paint a picture with your words, you know? Um, I mean, we always used to laugh about it a bit because some of the sketches we had as, you know, there's like, there's a, there's a bit of a, I don't know if snobbery is the word, but it's a bit of a stereotype that yeah. like student sketch comedy is like, um, you know, it's 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 sort of. I don't want to suck off student comedy because I think it's great. I know what you mean? But we fell, we, fell, we fell into all the pitfalls yeah. that you expect from student comedy. Like our shows were ridiculous, and so many we had the the, the stupidest props. And they were so puerile, and loads of them had like references to daytime TV or like kids TV, <laughs> something like that. We we had one sketch where there was a guy with a big pair of fake tits on his head. No, no, <laughs> Annie, Annie McGrath, who you might know, she she yeah. she's a lot of stand up now, so she was in it with me, and that was when we met. And she had these huge pair of fake tits on her head, and, and you know. <laughs> And then the whole sketch was that the the, 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 the plastic surgeon had, had put them in the wrong place. <laughs> so it was oh, like that's brilliant. And so, yeah, it was different. A lot of the sketches that we had were just because we found a funny prop and we right. wanted to include it somehow and we'd write it in. Or, this is hilarious. You've got to get the tits. Yeah, exactly. We had, <laughs> we had a whole we had a whole sketch which was like match of the day and yeah. it was like, like it was like pundits talking about a, a game of cock or ball. And uh, like analysing it like it was a serious game of football and looking at instant replays of, of a guy getting a bit of flesh out of his of his trousers. So um, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, but I still love I still love writing sketches and I still love writing like um, that sort of thing. Like yeah. I, I, I try and write short films and stuff because good for you. I, I do think that's kind of my first love in a way is, right. is sketch comedy. Yeah. Um, it's it's a shame. There's not really the same 
you know, I grew up with like the Fast Show and Harry Enfield and Chums and so, those um, sort of, like the pinnacle of yeah. skits kind just of very very quick sketches. Yeah, they were, yeah. They were brilliant. They, they don't they make it anymore. It's yeah. a shame, really. It's um, yeah, yeah. That's, I, that's, I, that's brilliant for you, the man. I've also seen you host many a comedy night. You mentioned ABC, yeah. Um, but I also saw you host the Burke's Nest show at Edinburgh. In Edinburgh, yeah, yeah, and the Midwest. I could special. clearly see you were having a fantastic time doing it. Um, yeah. Do you prefer comparing to performing a routine? That's a good question. I because uh... you're very good at comparing. I do love comparing. I love them both, really. I think like what we were talking about earlier with like spontaneity and like having a chance. You you have I feel like you have more chance to do that when you're hosting. And I love I love just talking to the people. I remember that show actually. There was a guy in the front row who was like a spy or something, wasn't he? (laughs) That's right. That that was one of those moments. It was three rows in front of me. Everyone knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like you have shows like that where you're like, oh, this is so fun. Like you just get someone really interesting in the audience. Well, you're made really, aren't you? Because you can always go back to them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I do love that kind of thing. I mean, occasionally, like when you've got like a good routine that you really love and you're really proud of it and it's come together and you get on stage and it kills, there's not really any greater feeling than that. No, that I can imagine. That is art in a way, isn't it? It is yeah. like, I mean, I, 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 I hesitate to call stand-up comedy art because it's... Um, well, it's, it's certainly so, creative. It is creative, yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's like doing that, it's like, that, 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 I don't know, it feeds something in your soul, yeah. I think, like having having your something you've created yeah. response that you want so in that way i do love doing sets but i um but i do yeah I, I love hosting i think i'll always love hosting it's um yeah it's, it's something i really enjoy doing well your uh, your resident compare at the mild friends comedy club in oxford oh i was it were. Make- is that still going no it's not anymore because oh, um, no, I, I was going to ask you about it yeah, that was. Um, tell me, tell I, me about the experience of that then. When when, yeah, when it was. That was when it was just after I graduated from university. I'm I'm from Oxford. Yeah. And um, one of my mates who was in the tea lights with me is also from. Well, actually, weirdly, loads of them were in. Like three of us were from Oxford. In right. My, in <laughs> Annie, Annie, who I um, ended up doing a, a double act with for a few years. She's also from Oxford. Yeah. And then my mate Patrick Turpin, who's another um, who's another performer, he uh, he and I were both from Oxford, and we both graduated at the same time. And so we'd read somewhere that a good way to get into comedy was to start your own night, because then you get to meet lots of other comedians, and it forces you to keep writing material because yeah, you're performing yeah, every yeah. month. And so yeah, I hosted that, and that was when I first got into it really, and that was. Um, it was just in this little pub on the Cowley Road in Oxford called The Library and we used to do it every month. Oh, brilliant. Um, I loved it. Yeah, I met so many cool comedians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it it is uh, like a proper club because if folk keep going back, you build up reputation. Yeah, exactly. And we had, yeah, yeah. we had regulars who'd come every month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was scary in a way because it meant I couldn't do the same jokes every month because I had the same (laughs) people coming every month. So that was... (laughs) Heard it, heard it. Yeah, it forced me to start writing. I used to get very nervous before my old friends. Um, 
but it always forced me to keep writing stuff and I used to host it so that was when I first got into comparing and I, and I first right. realised I enjoyed that so um, how long did it go for then the club it was about three years two or three years that's I'd say. a good stretch yeah, yeah it was um, it was yeah maybe two years closer to two years it was um, and we still kind of do it I mean not as regularly, but when, when Edinburgh is running, when I'm doing my previews, I still resurrect my old friends for one night a year to go and do a preview show just before the Fringe in Edinburgh. Yeah. And so some, some regulars who still come to those shows. And I usually invite like one other comedian along and we sort of um, double it. So yeah, that's really nice. Like the guys who run the pub are, are, are an absolute legends. Brilliant. And so they, they usually have me back each year. Well, if ever um, you if ever you do it again, when we come back into yeah. the normal world, I can easily get the Oxford tube. And, yes. And we'll make a night of it. And let yeah, me know when 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 it's on again because I'd be fascinated I, I to see. I definitely will. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be fantastic. That'd yeah, be really great. It's um, a really nice room, and it's like underneath. The, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Um, I, and I met so many like cool comedians doing that show. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, like, yeah, of course. I first met Nish Kumar there and, and like Nick Helm and people like that, like oh, when they came to do our, our gigs. So yeah, yeah, it was well, yeah, yeah, it was it was a great time actually. Doing I that. once uh, um, uh, talk talking of Nick Helm, I I couldn't get in to see his Edinburgh show, Phoenix from the Flames. Yeah. So I thought I thought where's the nearest place to London that I can go and see him, and it was in Aldershot. So you get the Waterloo train to Walton. Yeah, yeah, And I'd yeah. never, ever been there before. And I had four hours of my life walking around Aldershot. I have nothing against Aldershot, but I had nothing to do. Yeah. And I, and I found a um, Weatherspoons and Nick yeah, Helm was outside nice. it smoking a cigarette. He went, yeah, oh, yeah, my yeah. God, mate, what are you doing here? I said, I've come to see you. There's nothing ah, to do. That's he, great. It was made up. It was wonderful. Well, that's basically the life of a comedian. <laughs> yeah. Like a it's, it's turning up in random towns that you've never been to before and having to kill a few hours before the show. Uh, what's, what's, what's wonderful, just thinking of Carlisle, is a lot of people do that now, go to Carlisle and do it on the tours. On the way to Edinburgh. Yeah, on the way up to yeah. Scotland and stuff, it gets a lot of gigs, which is great to see because that is, you know, um, it's. I'll I'll always be very very proud to come from there, but um, yeah. but you they've know, never had any gigs or anything for the last two or three years, so it's great to see. Um, yeah. What is your ambition as a comedian? Would you like to be on TV? Would you like a talk show? Would you like to write? What is there any specific ambition? I mean, I've always loved sitcoms. I've always kind of wanted to have like a good sitcom. Good like, a lad, good, yeah. Good like that was sort of my, yeah, like a, what I fell in love with when I was a kid and what I used to love watching. So if I could ever, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've written a few pilots in, 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 yeah. in the lockdown, so I'm, I'm trying to see where I get with them. Oh, I wish um, you all the best. I really do. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, to be like a movie yeah, star. Yeah, that you would know? be amazing. I'm, I'm a massive sitcom fan as well. The Royal Family, One Foot in the Grave, Fault yeah. Towers, Only Fools. Exactly. What happened to the lightly lads rising damp, you know, on and Black on and Adam on. was like my favourite when I was a kid. I used to quote oh. that relentlessly. I, and yeah. 
Yeah. It, it was so good in it. Rick, Rick Mayo, like, you know, oh. didn't, I used to watch the New Statesman a lot, yeah. and um, I just thought he was the funniest guy in the whole world. So oh, I, I was very yeah. lucky to see him live in Carlisle, Rick really? Mayo. Really? And he, and he, before he came on stage, he had the theme to The Muppet Show intertwined yeah. with the theme to Dallas and it kept scratching on a record and <laughs> damn, 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 you could just hear all this off stage and then he jumped on, he went, ladies and gentlemen of the Carl, he called Carlisle the Carl, <laughs> it's, it's Rick Mail and his trousers exploded and the person next to me did not laugh once and after about five minutes no. he came down into the crowd and threw him out really? and I don't know whether it was a plant but it was so brilliantly done it was one of the best gigs I've ever seen. That's so he, he was an extraordinary talent and wow. much missed. I mean, yeah. You are incredibly lucky to have seen that. Yeah, I mean, what? I, a... I was extremely lucky, but, yeah. but it, 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 it's such it's such a great memory to have seen him do his stuff live. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Um, That's a legend. Oh, he was. Um, yeah. We're all living in really odd, strange times. It's been very horrible the last 18 yeah. months or so um have you found online gigs do you do any online gigs and have you found how have you found them different opposed to live gigs uh yeah i've done a few of them i mean yeah i mean obviously that it's not the same is it it's not the same as being in a room with people but again genuinely and i'm not just saying this it, uh, abc is the best one that i've done like it is i've done a few where you can't really Hear the like. I've done a few where you couldn't hear the audience, or you couldn't see the audience. And you just feel like a madman. You're just like <laughs> on your own in your room, like yelling into the abyss. And like, I did, I did one gig where where the two the two acts who were on before me both had internet fuck ups. So I was on, I was, I was on about twenty minutes earlier than I thought I was going to be because both of these people cut it out halfway through their set. And so the whole set, I didn't even know if anyone could hear me. Does <laughs> like, anybody hear this? <laughs> yeah, I genuinely was like, I don't know. If, and I was like talking to my cat. I was like, here's my cat. Oh, mate. I and I was like, I don't know. And 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 it was only afterwards that the, the, the tech person was like, yeah, we could hear you the whole time. I, like, I genuinely had no idea. So, oh, thanks. So, yeah, so that was strange. So... Yeah, it's similar, and so the antithesis of that is doing yeah. MDC where you can see all the front row and you can hear them, and it feels like a, it feels as close as you can get to a normal. It gig. is. He, he's he, uh, well, him uh, the, the 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 tech. Yeah, guy, Tim. Tim is extraordinary, yeah. and J and James is just the best compare. I yeah, I exactly. Um, and, yeah. and and it, it's just such a warm place, but. Um, it's when, so, and it's the fact that they even have like people on who aren't even necessarily stand up. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I did it with, with Mel Gedroyd. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. She just sort of chatted to the audience. I remember, I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you were superb that night. Um, uh, the weirdest when, one I've done. I did a, I did a, I did one corporate gig just before Christmas where um, I could see them all, but only one guy had his microphone on. <laughs> Because he wasn't even laughing that much. He didn't have a very good laugh. And he didn't know every single joke I did. Everyone knew that he wasn't laughing at it. Because occasionally <laughs> he would laugh at a joke. 
And I don't know why no one else. I could see people were laughing, but no one would turn on their oh, microphone. So that was that was mortifying. I've been to gigs where um, there there is no sound at all from the audience, and of course with yeah. my laugh, I like you, I just end up laughing at four walls, and I think I'm going to be taken away. You've got yeah, neighbours yeah. banging on windows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It just feels so weird. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, right. so yeah, some but, of them have been great and some of them have been awful. Yeah, but um, I mean, this is great, but but I'm with you. You cannot beat a live experience, and I so mm-hmm. miss it. I so yeah. I so miss going somewhere like the Soho Theatre or the um, the Banana Cabaret at Balham or the Soho yeah, Theatre. And you make such a night of it, don't you? And you never know what's going to happen. That's the magic of and it. It's just, yeah, there's just something. It's and it's a weird thing as well. You notice it as a comedian. There's there's some weird. Someone should study it really, like the psychology of crowds, like the way that you know audiences can kind of they're like a I don't know they can become like their own being in a yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know when you're on stage, you can be like, oh well, look, they're not going for these this kind of material tonight. I'm going to do more this kind of material because somehow collectively, telepathically, as a group, they've decided that they like this kind of comedy instead of this kind of comedy. Um, and you don't get you just don't get that with an online gig. No, um, no, no, no. It's more digital. It's more like in a box. But there's just something so magical about oh, about live is live is people. Yeah, um, yeah. Please, please come back soon, live comedy. Um, I know. Who are your favourite comedians, past and present? Um, well, you spoke about Rick Mail, obviously, yeah. and, and um, yeah, people like that. I mean, I, I do think that Dave Chappelle is is probably the best um, stand-up. That I mean, I there's just that his material and how long he's been going, and and some of his just. When I was talking earlier about wanting to do something that's political but personal but funny at the same time, I just feel like he encapsulates that in the perfect way. Um, so I've just always been obsessed with him. But then a lot of people that I know, I love James Acaster. Oh, I just think he, he's, and I was lucky enough to get to support him on tour for three years when wow. I. When I first started doing comedy, and I was not oh, good at man. comedy, I met him at a gig at the Bristol Student Union when I'd only been going for a couple of years. And he, wow. um, and yeah, and then like a few months later, he asked me to support him on tour. And it was just after he'd been first, and I did it for three years. Good for and you. I bet that was amazing. It was incredible. It yeah. was, it, I learned so much from him. And, yeah. and, because he's he is just like the best. In the I think business. he's one of the best at the moment, without a doubt. It's yeah, the, it's this fact that he can take a word and he can just expand on it. I, yeah, I, and I, that was like yeah. I just saw how he did it when when I was touring with him. Like even you, you we'd be on tour like touring his last show that got nominated for the Edinburgh Comedy Award, mm-hmm. and then he like every night he would be changing he'd be working on his new show yeah i would go out and do like 15 20 minutes of warm-up then he would come out and do 20 minutes of brand new stuff then there'd be a break then he'd do his award nominated show wow and then every morning when we come down i'd be hung over because i had a few beers after the gig <laughs> and he'd be like making notes and changing wow wow, wow, wow. and you was like I could see why he's that's, that that's why he's yeah. the best. He's, he's just, he gets it and he works harder than anyone else I've ever met. Wow. 
that's um, that that is a great a great answer um, yeah but yeah he's so I love good he, he I love yeah i mean i love so so many of my friend like lou sanders and 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 may martin are just yeah. two absolute favorites as the well. reason the reason why i ask it is that um in my blog i've i've got a section called the ones that got away and, yeah and i've listed 25 comedians who have either passed on or I haven't had a chance to see. Yeah. And uh, I would have loved to have seen them. Bob Monkhouse is in there, Dave Allen. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Norman Wisdom. Um, Ross yeah. Noble, I've never seen live. I've seen on... Do you know what? Yeah. yeah. I've seen him twice before I ever started doing comedy. Yeah. He, he was like, the he was, the, I think, the first stand-up I ever yeah. saw yeah. live. I'm amazed. I'm mm. amazed. I just have not had a chance to go and see him because I, I really want to see him. I yeah. have seen him on stage as Igor in the in uh, Young Frankenstein. Oh uh, yeah, but he was great. He was like he was one of the people who made me want to do stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he, he's another it. one which just takes yeah. a word and goes off on it. He it's, had a DVD called Randomist that yeah. I had when I was a teenager, and I remember watching it after my parents had gone to bed, and I thought I thought I was going to die. I genuinely <laughs> thought. You know when you're laughing so hard that you start yeah. choking? Yeah. Never had I've it been there many times. I couldn't get it. It was the first time it ever happened to me. I couldn't get any air in my lungs. And I thought, is this how I'm going to go? And, um, yeah, I'd, I'd love, to, yeah. love to see it. Um, yeah. Like me, do you go to a lot of comedy gigs as a member of the audience? Um, not as much as I... Well, no, not as much as I used to. I mean, obviously, before I started doing comedy... And then once it became my job, I, I really went off it for a bit. Yeah. Um, I think. And then, even I can't go every night. <laughs> no, exactly. And it was yeah. And then, but actually, in the last few years, I've I've done more. Um, because if you're, always, if you're on a bill, do you stay and watch the rest of the acts? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if they're my friends and if they're people that I really want to see, yeah, yeah. Um, I do. I, I mean, I always like, there's always like certain shows in Edinburgh that, that you really want to see. But when I'm in Edinburgh, I, I'm quite often not in the mood to see stuff. And I always get to Edinburgh and there's a huge list of stuff that I want to see. And then I find I'm just too knackered every day. Well, in the last couple of years, I've made a really concerted effort to go and see all of those shows yeah. when they do the Soho Theatre. Yeah, um, and so I have actually started going to Soho quite a lot to see the shows that I missed. It is Edinburgh. an incredible venue that because yeah. again you can have your beers before and after, and and they they have a late bar and you get yeah. to chat to everybody, and it's very much like Edinburgh, but there's only the two or three shows on a night, and then you can. But it's just like Edinburgh. Chat. Every time yeah. I go there, I bump into someone. Yeah. that I know. it's yeah. all. Like, it's just like Brilliant. Edinburgh. You can't walk through the bar without. Yeah, people. It's just like that kind of atmosphere. It is. It's fantastic. I love it so. Much. Yeah, I was supposed to do a run there last June, actually. Um, well, when it's back open and you're on, I'll be there, mate. I'll yeah, tell you. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd, I'd love to go back. Yeah. Um, just before we go, is there anything else you would like to say? Uh, where can you be found on social media? Have you got any online gigs coming up? Have you got? Oh any yeah, podcasts? great. Um. I'm on Twitter at yeah. Jay Basler, but I don't really like Twitter. I'm on Instagram at I am Jack Barry. Um, I've got a website called jackbarry.co.uk where I put like sort of bits of stand up and silly little videos that I make and stuff. So check that out. Um, 
yeah, I might be going on tour in the summer, but I don't know. Like, we're sort of trying to figure Hopefully. out whether we're arranging it. Yeah. Um, the main thing I'm doing is, is um, I'm, I'm in May Martin's sitcom Feel Good. Right. Um, which the first series of that came out last year, and we've just filmed the second series just before. Oh, brilliant. The- um, so that should be coming to Netflix in March right. with the first series. So, yeah, you can watch both series on, on Netflix from March. So, yeah, check that out. Brilliant. Yeah, that should be fun. Well, I just want to say thank you so, so much. This has been an absolute delight talking to you. And you too. This has been lovely. I, uh, thanks so, uh, again, thanks so much for thinking of me. My it's pleasure. Fun. I think I, I think you're superb at what you do, and I wish you every success. I really oh, do. Thanks so much. Yeah, fingers crossed. We'll All see. the best to you, my friend. Thank you so okay. much. Thanks so Thank much. Thank you.